0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see seated. Open your Bible at Matthew chapter 16. We have been talking about understanding the anointing. I want to move now into starting to apply that anointing in our lives. It's all very well understanding why something exists, but also knowing how to put it into action. That's something that I've always wanted to do in my own life, is not just learn about God. If he says, draw close to me, I want to know how. If he says, go make disciples, how do I do that? If he says, call on me and I will answer, all right, how do I do that? I want to be able to do it, not just quote good verses and good Bible teaching. We need to be able to live this life to the glory of God. Why? Because God wants to accomplish much through our lives. Whatever God does in the earth, he does in and through us as the church. He says very clearly, I don't do anything unless I first reveal it to my prophets. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And that he will reveal his word so that we may speak it. And that he can watch over it to perform it. This is the God that we serve. We are his body. The body of? Now, Christ is not Jesus' surname. Christ is the anointed one. And of course, being the anointed one, we're referring to the anointing. Jesus was talking to disciples. And verse 15, he said, who do you say that I am? Matthew 16, 15. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, said, you are the anointed one. Remember, Christ is a translation from Messiah. The Hebrew word, Hamashiach, means The anointed one. Translated into the Greek as Christos and then into English would be the anointed one. Always do that from now on. Always translate it. Meditate on that. Say, is this speaking of Jesus as the person? Then you would say the Christ. Or is it speaking about his position as the anointed one? What is that anointed one doing? Or is it referring to the anointing of the anointed one? We need to be able to discern that as we read. It's very easy if you can see it in the context of the scripture. That's what we've been having a look at over the last number of weeks. And so now we understand when we see Christ, we're automatically going to go the anointed one and his anointing. You are Christ. You are the anointed one. You're carrying the anointing, the son of the living God. Jesus answered said, blessed are you, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my father Who is in heaven? And I also say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock, this revelation of this anointed one, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now I want you to take note of that verse. Because that's in reference of this context of him speaking about him having just been revealed as the Anointed One, and in that revelation, he says, "I'm going to build my church." So you recognize, for a church to be successful, it has to be anointed, not just exist, not just meet. There's an unction, there's an anointing, there's an anointed action. Because that's how he's gonna build his church. And in that context, he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Lift your hands and say, Jesus said he will build his church in the knowledge that he is the anointed one and whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So keep knowledge of that scripture. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. What's that mean? God doesn't have favorites. Now he does favor, but on one aspect. Without faith it is impossible to please God. That's the separation. But once you have faith, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of who? Who? Pastors. Those who are always in church. Those who sing songs. Those who diligently seek him. So if I make a decision to diligently seek the Lord and be in his presence, he will be a rewarder of that. That's his favor. The Bible says that he will surround you with favor as a shield. Hallelujah. Once you step into that category, whoever lives in that category, God doesn't have favorites. In other words, he doesn't pick certain people. Like I'll do this for him because he's the pastor. I'll do this for him because Whatever. No, God shows no partiality. If whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, I don't think they deserve salvation. Really? How can I say I deserve salvation? How many of you are willing to admit we didn't deserve anything? We were headed for hell. Thank God that he chose us. And in, in, every, in all our ugliness, it wasn't like we got better and then God said, okay, now I'll let you into church. no. It was in all our ugliness, in all our depravity, in all of our blasphemy, our anger, our whatever it may be. Uh, I know some of you think you were born saved, but praise God. I know that we had to find a place where we recognize no matter how good you are. It's not good works that gets us to heaven. Hallelujah. But by grace you are saved by faith. Not of yourselves, not of your works, lest any man should boast. So no one can brag or hold anything that they did as important. Even Paul said, if anyone qualified to brag, it was him. And yet he said, everything that I can brag on, I count as dung, as rubbish, that I may gain the anointed one, Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. And so now God shows no partiality, but in every nation who ever fears Him and works righteousness is accepted by Him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus the anointed one, He is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed through all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. What word was being preached all over? Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. How God anointed. That's what made him the anointed one. So the anointing is what makes a person an anointed one. If I put water on you, you can be called wet. So the anointed one has the anointing. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So the anointing is not a thing. It's not just even a power. It's not just like, what is power? It's not just the power of God. What is that? No, the anointing is a person. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So in the Old Testament, they anointed them with oil because that's the tangible connection. We can still use that today. The word does say we anoint you with oil, or you can take cloths that have the anointing within it. But you must understand, this is what we could keep renewing our minds to, we're speaking of the person. Remember the disciples addressed an issue where there was people that were saved, and they said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They said, we didn't even know there's a Holy Spirit. So they said, okay, we need to upgrade your salvation. Now, by grace you say, by faith, faith. and who, did, who does that? That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. So it's when, the Holy, when you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit moves into your life, and you're born again. So that happened without them even knowing about the Holy Spirit. But praise God, when you come to know about the Holy Spirit, you can step into the fullness of what's available when you know who he is. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, the person. Say that. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He is God. The Holy Spirit is a person. When he entered the life of Jesus, came upon Jesus, he was called the anointed one. So now you are born again. The Holy Spirit comes into your life. Now you have that same anointing in you. Not a different Holy Spirit or type B Holy Spirit or part of the Holy Spirit. No, the same Holy Spirit's in you. So you are as anointed as Jesus. Come on now. Don't let religion get in the way now. You are Called the body of? Translate. The body of the anointed one. If you threw water over my head, my body would be wet as well. So now you are the anointed one. The body of the anointed one. Jesus is the head. We are his body. Hallelujah. Say that. I carry exactly the same Holy Spirit, same person in my life that Jesus had. He's anointed, I have the same Holy Spirit, I'm anointed with the same anointing. Now, notice, this Holy Spirit, I'm going to talk about three different manifestations, three different ways that this anointing will operate. Now, whenever I do this, it's for sake of understanding. It does not mean these are the only three. It also doesn't mean that when you're about to step into the anointing, you want to know, is this one, two, or three now? <laughs> That's not the purpose for it. You know, is this one or some of two? or That's not, It's not to analyze. It's so that we get an understanding. Because when you understand it and it's clear in your thinking, then when it does happen, you don't get in the way. Because again, remember, it's up to you and me to determine how strong that anointing flows. Uh, You recall when when Jesus was walking through a crowd, everybody was touching him, only one received. Why? Because they purposed to receive. When you understand that uh, he went into his hometown, he could do no mighty work there. Notice it says he's anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, went about doing good and healing all. Yet when he went to his hometown... The Bible says he could not, not that he didn't or didn't want to, he couldn't, could not heal any. Why? Because of their unbelief. So his remedy was to go then about teaching. So why is he teaching? Because I can't get through the anointings, yeah, it's present to heal, but you haven't received it. And that will also help answer the question, as I've said many times, I keep saying it because I know sometimes many of you are challenged with it by people who don't understand these things, is that if you believe in healing, why don't you just go down to the hospital down the road and go and pray everyone out of their beds? Well, even if Jesus himself went in there, he couldn't do it. So if Jesus couldn't, where are you expecting me to do it? (laughs) The Bible says he could not because of... Their unbelief. Even the blind man, when he said, Lord, my desire is to see. He said, do you believe I can do this? And when he said yes, he says, then according to your faith, let it be. See, that's a critical understanding. So the power, when I talk about these three different manifestations, it's so that you can understand it, so that the hindrances are removed. So when it happens, you believe, you know, you understand this is the anointing at work. So when we say anointing, it, you'll see sometimes through the Scriptures, there's different words used. Now, here's one of them. He's anointed with the Holy Spirit and with? Power. With power. Everybody say power. power. The word there is the Greek word dunamis. talks about that inherent power within itself. Dunamis speaks of a power that is self-generating. You don't need an external source. For this room to have power, we have to be on the grid and that power is generated from kilometers away and then brought here by lines. But now, if for some reason that power doesn't generate, we have a generator next door. That generator has within it the generator is built on the principle of the dynamo. Everyone know what a dynamo is? It's a self-generating machine. It, it, it produces the electricity. So if we got a dynamo, a generator, we can produce power within the building. You see that? It's like on a bicycle, you have a dynamo. It's a little machine with a wheel on it. When we used to do it at school, we, when we came home late at night, then you could... Flick this little machine on, and the wheel would spin and generate electricity. You didn't have to have a cord plugged in at home. Really, really, really long cord. So that's a dynamo, self-generating power. Now, that presence, when you, before you were saved, you may have needed power from outside. But when you're born again, the Holy Spirit moves into your life. Before Jesus was baptized, Even though He's the Son of God, He couldn't do any miracles. He didn't do any until the Holy Spirit came on Him. When the Holy Spirit came on Him, now He came back in power. And from that moment on, you see miracles taking place. Now notice this. Come with me to Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded the disciples not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, if we go back to the root word for anointed, anointed. What does the word mean when you talk about the Hebrew word masah? It means to rub all over, to pour all over. When they anointed the king, the priest, or the prophet, they would take a whole flask of oil, pour it over their head, and it would run down their beard, rub it all over. Every part of their body was covered. That's anointed. When you are baptized, you are immersed. That's what the word baptizo means. It doesn't mean a sprinkling or a little cross of water, or something like that. It means dunked, immersed underwater. Well, if you dunk underwater, what happens? You're wet everywhere. Now, John baptized with water, I will dunk you. What's he saying? I'll anoint you with the Holy Spirit. That baptism with the Holy Spirit is the same as the anointing. So, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you are anointed with the Holy Spirit. Same understanding. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons which my father's put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. You shall receive power. When? When? When the Holy Spirit has anointed you, has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now get a hold of this. He's speaking to disciples and saying, before you go into ministry, make sure you are dunked. With the Holy Spirit. But hang on now. Remember that those, those group that they spoke to about, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Just come back and have a look at John chapter 20. John chapter 20. This is before he is going off to heaven. Jesus has died. He's paid the price for sin. The blockage, the hindrance, from salvation has been removed. Everything he was talking about as the gospel is now available to these disciples. This is right after his resurrection. Verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, take note of that, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them saying, peace be with you. Now, if you didn't get a hold of that, I want you to get the picture. These men are afraid that they would also be arrested, also be crucified. They're hiding. Doors are locked. Next moment, Jesus is there. Notice, he did not have to come through an open door in the natural. He's moving in and out. Physical boundaries are not a hindrance to him. Hallelujah. Verse 20, he said, when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Did you get this? This moment, yeah, is when the disciples were born again. It was not in the upper room in the book of Acts. Those were born again believers sitting in the upper room. You're getting this? Yeah, he's now, just breathe the Holy Spirit. You are now positioned, I've died, there's the price paid, you can see the holes, see the slit in my side, now you can receive the Holy Spirit. Remember he said, when I go, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit and he will not only be with you, he will be in you. So this moment here, they born again. But now, having known that they are born again here, Jesus says in Acts chapter one, before you go into ministry, you may be born again, but before you go, there's a higher standard. I don't just want you to be born again. I want you dunked in the Holy Spirit. I want you anointed. And that's part of the problem why we got so much mess and so much contradiction and so much misunderstanding around the Word of God is because you got people who love Jesus. If they died, they'd go to heaven. Went and did Bible college and studied the Word inside and out. Can quote scriptures. Probably you know do better word with with word studies and language studies in England than I ever could do. Maybe teach me under the platform <laughs> on humanetics and homolytics and humanitics and every titic <laughs> and mythics that you can think of. Well-educated and yet no power. Yeah. Why? Because they're born again. But Jesus said, don't go into ministry until you are Baptized, till you are dunked, until you are anointed. Because we're not here just to spew out information. We're not here just to learn the logics and go through this, uh, the, 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 the theology and that. We are here to live a life for Christ. The anointed one, the anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. Lives must be transformed and changed, not just put so much religion into them that they become sour and then criticize everybody that doesn't believe the same way. We're not yet just to win people to our way of believing. If what you teach me doesn't change my life, what's the point of it? I wanna see my life changed. If you're hurting, be healed. If you're lacking, be provided. If you need something, to know something, you have that insight and understanding. There must be power. Everybody say power. Power. I want to see action happening. Hallelujah. John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. Whatever he see, whatever the Father does, the son does in like manner. Family, are we doing what the father said to do? Or are we just holding church? I dare not preach without an anointing. Because I want to see power. I want to see lives changed. Have you can say for a testimony, that when you heard the word of God, something God did in your life, something God said, it was more than just quoting a scripture, more than now I know more about the Bible. But you know something happened that there's no way any doctor could have done, any lawyer could have fixed, any banker could have supplied, doesn't matter. You know there was a supernatural aspect and you know you had an encounter with power. Let me see your hand. See, now that is living the life of the anointed one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next one, John chapter 12, verse 49, in the same context, Jesus said, I've not spoken of my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command on what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father told me, so I speak. I dare not be saying anything unless it's in the Scripture. That's why it's very important. Whatever we teach must be, it is written. By the mouth of two or three witnesses. But how am I going to know? How do I know what to say? What do I do? What do I teach? How do I know what to get, say when I get up here? How many of you have ever had it happen that when I've stood up here and I've been teaching, you sitting there and maybe even squirming, thinking, who, who, who spoke to Pastor Allen? <laughs> who told him about my situation? How many, let me come How have you ever had that happen? He, that message doesn't matter what was said. It was directed straight at me. And is at, at, it's like he looked at me the whole time when I was saying that. Come on, how you know what I'm saying? Yes. Now, you, you do know for a fact that if you got a room full of people like this in all our campuses and everybody goes home, wow, that was just for me, there's no ways I could have known everybody's situation. Why? Because as I speak, there's more than these words coming out. Something supernatural is happening. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, he says, Little children, it's the last hour. And you've heard that the Antichrist is coming. Now, we've already studied that in detail. If you missed that message, I really want to encourage you to go back and look for it. Because Antichrist is not just the devil. Anti-meditate. Translate, anti-the-anointed one. Anything that works against the anointing. We as believers can do the same thing. And We studied out, it could be something like anger. It could be bitterness. It could be unforgiveness. All those things can stop the anointing from operating. That's Anti, It's working against the anointing. Now, in this last hour, even though many antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. But you have an unction. That's the King James Version. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you... Know all things. That word unction is another manifestation. Unction is also a word for the anointing. But I want you to notice the context. You have an unction and you will know all things. You know all things. If you have the Holy Spirit anointing you, You know all things. Wow, Pastor Allen, I don't know about that. I don't know everything hanging there. Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? You have the mind of, translate, the mind of the anointed one. His anointing gives you exactly the same mind Jesus had. And Jesus said, I don't speak. Unless I've heard him speak. There's an anointing for that. If we don't trust this anointing, we can land on sprouting just everything and anything that comes to our mind. i just got to tell you how I feel. I'm I'm just totally honest. You see me open book. That's who I am. I'll tell you how I feel. That's a mistake because that's anti the anointing. Did the anointing encourage you to say that? This might hurt you, but I have to say it. Love doesn't do that. The anointing will always leave you feeling better, always strengthen you, always encourage you. So instead of me just speaking, ask yourself, would Jesus say that? Is this exactly how you would do it? And this is not just, what would Jesus do? No, it, it's, there, there's an anointing that comes. How many of you know some people? They, uh, when you're listening to them, you feel so encouraged, so strengthened. When they walk around, you realize, I just got slapped down the side of the face, but it felt so good. <laughs> Come on, how you ever had? Uh, th- there's an anointing for that, and it's not something you can conjure up. It's not your own personality or charisma. There is an unction. There's an anointing. And if we trust that, in other words, when I'm going into the situation, if I know all things, I may not perceive it with my natural mind, but I have the mind of the anointed one, I believe I'm able to recall it in an instant when I need it. You have a look at John chapter 14, verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you how many? All things and bring to your remembrance how many all things that I said to you, family of God. If you trust this anointing, you will know exactly what you need at any moment. Maybe you're going into a situation and you just can't remember, you just can't recall. Just relax and say, I have an unction, I know all things, and then trust that anointing that as you're speaking. You, all of a sudden, you will know. I've had it happen when I sometimes I get into a conversation and I think, I've got to say this or say that. And while you're busy speaking, that person starts talking or interrupts, and then you're halfway through their conversation. You're going, what was that I wanted to say again? What, what was that what I was going to say? Now, if you do that, you try and recall it in the natural, then you must ask yourself, is that under the anointing? Was, is that supposed to be said at this point? And then they walk away, oh, that's what I was supposed to say. Now you want to phone them. No, no, now that's in the flesh. Because if you needed it at that moment, the Holy Spirit would have reminded you. Trust that. Trust that. If you, if you forgot what to say and you didn't say it, let it go. Because if the Holy Spirit wanted you to say it, He would have reminded you. It's going to save you a lot of heartache. Because how many of you have said something and then go, oh, sh- maybe I shouldn't have said that? Even, even though you, you, you knew you had to remember to say it and then phone them, oh, I meant to say one more thing. And that one more thing was too much. Trust the unction. I said, trust the unction. H- hallelujah. Say so that I'm determined to trust the unction. Look at John chapter 16, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Remember, this was before they were saved. There are some things in the realm of the supernatural that the natural mind just cannot grasp. That's why I spoke so many times in natural parables. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, notice the Holy Spirit is a person. When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, what will happen? He will guide you into All truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. Notice, again, this is exactly what Jesus said. I don't say anything unless I heard my father say it. How did he hear it? By this unction. So in other words, when I get up to speak, I'm trusting entirely for him to speak through me. So here's how it happens. I'm ministering today. I'm busy speaking the word of God. And I don't even know your individual situation. And yet as I spoke, I addressed it. How's that possible? I didn't even mention the names in it. I didn't mention what's happening to you. I didn't mention anything, your solution. And yet you're sitting there, I know exactly what to do now. There's on top of what I'm saying, there is the unction. And that anointing is what you're experiencing more than hearing with your physical ears. That anointing is to remove the burden, destroy the yoke. That which is holding you back is being removed while I'm speaking in Jesus' name. Amen. Thought I'd get a bigger amen, there. amen. That's why it's important. You want to sit under an anointed word. Hallelujah. Then the next one, so what have we got so far? Power and unction. Proverbs 31 verse 10. Everybody knows the Proverbs 31 woman. From the King James Version. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of a husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need or spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Now, you keep reading through Proverbs 31. You go down and you look at this woman. You'll be shocked and amazed of how powerful this woman is. And I know I've heard my wife speak on it. And as a woman said, if you look through that list, you know that there's no ways any woman can meet all of that. I mean, she's up early. She makes sure the kids are fed. She makes sure everybody's looked after. The husband just geeking and sit at the gates. She does all the work and she brings in the money and she's busy. And she's got businesses and she's like power woman. Yes, power woman. Come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? So you, any woman, look at that, give me a break. Really? <laughs> so how is that even possible? How can you achieve that? The key is in the word virtue. Everybody say virtue. What is virtue? Well, a key to it, if you read in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 4, again from the King James Version says, A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. A virtuous woman. Now, the New King James, the word used there is a similar word it's the word excellence. Everybody say excellence. Remember Daniel chapter six, verse three, this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to settling him over the whole realm. A what spirit? Now, who do you think that was? That's the anointing. That's the anointing. See, that's something that I had to learn in my life is my nature is one of perfection. And I used to be what you call a perfectionist. Anyone that has a perfectionist in their life, I do pray for you that they come to the same revelation I came to be. Because everything had to be straight, on lines, pointed, I mean, too too ridiculous. I, I, I would straighten things. I mean, Pastor Conrad knows when I visit his parents' home and we went to go, they were just joining the church and I'd go visit them and I walked in and then... Uh, Tani Inna would say, can I go make you a cup of tea? I said, yeah, please, that'd be nice. And she'd go off to the kitchen, and I was sitting in the lounge waiting. Me and Janine were together. And I noticed I had a grandfather clock, and it was skew. (laughs) So I just got up, and I went and straightened it. I do that in our house, anywhere I go. If I see paintings, I can be in the bank, and anywhere in the hospital, I'll straighten the skew picture. It's just I got an eye for skew. And so I straightened it. And that came in, we fellowshiped and then the next time we came and same thing, go we'll make tea and honors, the clock skew again. So I got up and I straightened it, Bless them, just, you know, I wanna bless, I wanna help. And so the third time, we come back, we again, so she says, can I make you tea? Oh, off she goes and I look at her. Clock skew again. So I got up and I went to go and straighten the clock and as I'm straightening Tony Inna walks in. She says, "It's you." <laughs> I said, "It's me." What? Skip straightening the clock. I said, "Well, I was skew." She says, "If it's straight, it doesn't tick. It was one of those grandfather. <laughs> if it's skew, then it worked. So the clock stopped working because <laughs> it was supposed to be skew." So, you know, there's an excellent spirit in me. (laughs) But here's the point. Perfection wants everything fixed today. Excellence says we're heading for perfection. But I need to be better than yesterday. Are you with me? So this is that word virtue. It is a spirit that drives, that corrects what's out of line at that moment. If you can fix this, fix it. But you can't fix the whole world. But you do have an anointing for that moment. That's what can be drawn on. Now you look at the King James. What happened when Jesus was walking through the crowd and the woman with the issue of blood reached up and grabbed his garment? He stopped and said, who touched me? They said, how can you say who touched you? Because everyone's touching you. He said, no, I perceived virtue. Flowed from me. That anointing is available to correct whatever's broken, whatever's destroyed, whatever is hurting. He's anointed me to preach good news. There's the unction. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. There is that virtue. To set at liberty those that are oppressed. Notice, power's in operation. So yeah, you have power working, unction working, and virtue. Hallelujah. Family of God, if we learn to trust this anointing, you become untouchable. That anointing has been sent to remove burdens and to destroy yokes. It's vitally important that we trust these anointings. And when you understand that and you walk in it, you will know that there's an unction, there is power, and there's virtue. And this is very important because if you get a hold of this, you won't be influenced by the enemy. You've got to get this. I was going to speak on corporate anointing. I'll get to that next week because right now we're just out of time. We've got the next service coming in. The things that I want you to see here with power, unction, virtue is those are personal anointings. You carry it as an individual where the word says you don't need anyone to teach you. No, you do need teachers, apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. What he's talking about is, you know, there's this thing that's happening where, you know, everybody wants a prophecy. It's very important that we don't get lost in that sort of thing. Because, you know, you can get to a place where all of a sudden, if, if, if all you're looking for is a prophecy, there's some places you get, they'll prophesy over everybody and prophesy over you. But that could also be a familiar spirit in operation. You want to be very cautious with that. You have an unction. I said, you have an unction. The one thing I've noticed that when I'm prophesied over, it's when I need to make sure I'm correcting something. That God's heading us in a direction, either it's a specific instruction from God and it's a specific anointing that's needed to remove what's in the way of that thing happening. But I'm the last one to go around, do you have a word, do you have a word, do you have a word, do you have a word? And here's the other thing, you know, not because you have an unction, it's for you to be able to determine your way forward as the Holy Spirit leads you. It's not to interfere in everybody else's life. Say so, amen. amen. So what happens is, you know, somebody come to me and they, they Pastor Alan, i got a word for you. Hang on. Uh, uh, maybe you do. But, and if, like, somebody once came to me and said, "That's say the Lord, and they were all over me. And like, uh, the Lord says, now it's time to repent and give up your sin. And I'm thinking... What's what sin? Now I'm, I'm not. If I'm, I'm the first one. If I've sinned, I've done wrong. I'll I repent. But how do you send your four-year-old to go and correct your nine-year-old, <laughs> or even go and correct the father? Mom says, dad, "Tell the four-year-old to go, no, go. go correct dad." It doesn't happen. Come on. So I have men that I report to, that I'm responsible to. My pastor, apostle, theo, number one, and then there's two or three other voices that I will listen to. If God wants to get the word to me, he will certainly get it to me. Now, this is something we need to make sure because someone says, wow, we, we all hear from God. That may be so, but you must understand God does have authority. He has structure. So the same way, be very cautious. If you're called to a house, God puts you in a house. So we've been talking about corporate anointing. That in that house, there is an unction. There's an anointing. There's virtue. There's power. Amen then if somebody comes into that house and they're under the authority, in other words, I have them speak here and they deliver a word, it's under the authority of that household. But to go somewhere else and just get prophecy here, prophecy there, prophecy from this one, be very cautious because the enemy sees, hang on, you're now operating outside of authority and very quickly can distract and pull away. Someone says, but they knew everything that I was in remember, they are familiar spirits. They're demons watching your life. And they also know how to speak in the realm of the spirit. Well, how am I going to know the difference? That's the point. Is until I'm totally in the presence of God and always, because in that presence of God, you're in a position of hearing God. You, that's why it's important. Just think about this. Remember, we spoke Antichrist. When I'm in the presence of God, prayed, listened for his instruction, when you step out that room, you're clothed in the anointing. I'm convinced from Scripture, the devil can't even see you. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where'd he just sees anointing. You're hidden. Remember when they wanted to kill Jesus? After he said, this, today is the Scripture fulfilled in your hearing? They took him, they wanted to throw him off the cliff. Next moment, they're looking, where, where is he? We, you had him. No, you had him. I thought, but we, he's gone. How's that possible? The anointing cloaked him. So how come, then, does the enemy get into our lives? Because we live lives. You know, this thing irritates us, that gets in the way, we get angry. Yeah, we shout over there, we do something wrong, you know, whatever. What happens? You expose the man. Ah, there he is. The devil sees you again. Now he can come in. The Antichrist. So it's impossible to live 100% in that cloak. You understand what I'm saying? But if we're aware of it, we're far more aware not to do things that are anti the anointing. So now as I spend time in the presence of God, praying in the Spirit, that anointing is manifested, now I walk in power, I have an unction and I know what to do. I don't need a prophet telling me what to do. I know what to do. See, when, I, when I'm addressing a situation, all of a sudden in that meeting, I know how to answer. Hallelujah. And in that moment, you will see power manifesting and virtue flows. See, that's something about virtue is when it's needed, it just flows. Hallelujah. And then you will see, as you walk in it, you'll see far more power happening in your life. God anointed Alan. Put your name in there. With the Holy Spirit and with power, now you can go about doing good and healing all who are sick and oppressed the devil for God is with you. Hallelujah. Does this help someone this morning? You learn something? Come on, give Jesus praise for his word. Let's stand together. We'll get to corporate anointing next time. Praise God. Lift your hands and say, Today I heard the word of God. That word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. And I thank God that I have received the same Holy Spirit that Jesus has. He is the anointed one, the Christ. I am a Christian, an anointed one. I am in the body of Christ as the body of the anointed one. I'm also anointed. And I am anointed with the Holy Spirit. With power, I have unction, and I have virtue. The unction and virtue flows in my life. I know all things. I do know what is necessary for me to fulfill my walk with God. At any moment, when I need the answer, the Holy Spirit will highlight it and bring it to my memory because I'm filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My walk is worthy of God, fully pleasing Him. I'm fruitful in every good work as I increase in the knowledge of God. When anything that the curse has broken, tried to destroy, has messed up, the virtue in my life will flow and bring that to God's perfection. Nothing missing, nothing broken. The very peace that was preached is that virtue at work. I am anointed. I thank God for the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. 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 As we were saying that, I just want us to be aware the Holy Spirit is not a tool that you take. So that now you can use him. It's a fellowship. It's, it's, it's a relationship. I'm so aware of you, Holy Spirit. See, if I become Holy Spirit anointing, the anointed one aware, it's gonna be very difficult to sin. Think about it. If you're carrying... An amazing treasure that you value. You don't want to hurt that relationship. See, when I'm with my wife, and even when I'm not with her, you know, there, there's some guys that will act a certain way when their wife's around. Then they're the perfect husband. But when the wife's not there, then they'll, you know, look around and scan. And I know none of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? But if you honor your wife, you'll do it when she's present and not present. I only got eyes for my wife. Why? Because I love her. As long as I'm aware of that love. Same way with the Holy Spirit. If I'm aware of his presence, and he's always with me. It's not like he's in the next room. Then if I'm so aware of his presence, and I'm about to do something that I know is going to cost that presence, Cost that anointing, I'll turn it down. Because I may need to know what to do next. I wanna honor you, I wanna honor your presence, you're holy, and I wanna be holy, just as my Father is holy. I wanna walk in that unction. I wanna be so aware. The enemy's coming up with something, I wanna know about it. If Someone's hurting, I wanna know how to fix that. How, how, what, would you, what would you do, Jesus? Amen. Amen. And that is walking in a close relationship with him. Be ever aware of his presence. Hallelujah.